Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Proudly Ignorant. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Sometimes I catch a little bit of heat here and there because I get a bit negative on people with whom I disagree. Perhaps that is a valid contention, valid argument, valid criticism. Today I'm getting a bit nasty a bit angry at me. I am ignorant. I am ignorant and I'm proud of it because I'm taking up something new in life. It used to be every couple years I would, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to try to start working on this. I'm going to try to start understanding that. Back a while ago, I had largely quit finding new interest endeavors. Much of my time went into learning about the Cubs, and I'm happy I've done that. And I'm happy I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm happy I'm going to continue writing about the Cubs and podcasting about the Cubs until there's no reason to. And really, that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. So um, I've taken up a new something. And that new something is following Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspur, or the Spurs, should a person wish to call them that. And I am ignorant, and I'm proud of it. I'm ignorant, and I'm proud of it. Tottenham is a quality football club in the English Premier League, but they're not an elite team. There's, I don't know, 18 18 teams in the Premier League, something like that. And Tottenham may be top four this year, though there are... At least four teams are going to say, no, 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 no. You're not going to be top four because we're going to be in the top four. You're going to be just on the outside. And the way the English Premier League is set up, there are multiple schedules running at the same time, which is something that baseball fans completely lost on them. Completely lost. How can you have four schedules running at the same time? They do. They do. And it makes for some interesting decision-making. You have a player who, okay, he's going to need one of these two games off. Do we have him sit this game or do we have him sit that game? No, it's not because the league mandates. It's just because with a football match, it usually takes a couple days for a player to recover. And sometimes you have games within 72 hours of each other. And realistically player's not necessarily going to be able to play a full game, and you're expected to largely play a full game. You can only substitute three times 
though there are some people pushing to push that up to five with COVID. You're only allowed three subs, and once one of the subs comes out of the game, he's done. He's done. So you can't, uh, there's no re-entry rule. You can't bring him out at the 49th minute and then bring him back in at the um, 83rd minute. No, once the guy's out, he's he's out. This is not going to become a Tottenham Cubs crossover podcast. However, sometimes there are things that will come up in any other field of endeavor, any field of endeavor. Because you learn about this, it relates back to that. And I'm ignorant. There are a lot of things about football, and I will call it football. Um, I'm going to be wrong on I apologize in advance. I'll say something like, no, 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 that's not how it works. And I apologize in advance. I am ignorant. I'm trying to learn, but I'm ignorant and I'm proud of it. Ignorant and proud of it. But there are some things that are crossing over from one sport to another. One top level of competition to another. And I'm going to talk about two of them today in this podcast. One of them is a manager, and one of them is something that's borderline unique to football, but possibly shouldn't be. So first off, I'm going to talk about the coach, the manager. And it, and in soccer, it is the manager, the guy who's on the sidelines, um, deciding who plays, deciding who gets lifted, deciding what sort of a, um, whether it's going to be a three, four, three, or a two, five, three, or however, however it is that um, the team is going to be set up daily. It's a manager that decides. It's not a coach. It's not a head coach. It's not. It is a manager. That is that is the term. It is a manager. So um, there's a whole lot of stuff from recent to longer term about the Spurs that I really know nothing about. I really know nothing about if someone were to pop quiz me on what happened two months ago. I don't know. I don't know. What was happening? I'm trying to listen to podcasts here and there and trying to learn some of the names that I'm not going to be hearing. I am learning. I'm, I'm getting adequate at learning the names that I am going to be hearing. But uh, as far as the names that aren't going to be around anymore and why they aren't going to be around anymore. Um, 
I'm probably not going to learn those. I'm probably not going to. It's going to be difficult. And eventually I'll probably learn them if I um, take to the Spurs and Spurs history. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm learning things. And how quickly... I will learn them. Uh, we'll have to find out. But the Spurs have, over the last, eh, I'm going to say two years, and again, somebody's going to call, no, it's not two years. It's 17 months, you idiot. It, 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 it's two, it, Over the last two years, the Spurs have gone from really close to elite to really close to mediocre. They had a couple of coaches that, uh, a couple of managers that just didn't. It just didn't work. And the way I've heard a couple of people mention it on podcasts, the players, or the the managers that the uh, Spurs had had the last two years or so were better at taking players from the level that they could be to a level much below that. Normally what you want is a manager who can take players from where they are and elevate them at least somewhat. And Tottenham has not had that working recently, even close to at all. Recently, 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 uh, last month, I'm pretty sure it was last month, Antonio Conti has taken over as the manager. And uh, moderate fits and spurts, but generally they've started to get better even though they have had a uh, scourge, a spate, a run of COVID through the organization. Players, coaches, executives, all that kind of stuff. Just you, Well, when you have a COVID hit, you have a COVID hit. And it was um, quite, quite a few. Quite a few players, quite... Nobody... Nobody's really being overly forthcoming about which specific players they that were out. Um, but there were there were uh, they ended up losing a match three to nothing on forfeit. And it's really interesting listening to the fans. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit like traveling back to 2012 to 2014 almost with the Cubs as far as some people saying. Well, it's really unfortunate that we lost this match on a forfeit. We probably could have won it. And if we would have won it, then we would have gotten into a playing round. And then we possibly could, et cetera, et cetera. And some people are saying, nah, really, we're better off not playing. Forfeit, fine, good. I just hope there aren't any repercussions, you know, any fines, any, you know, anything of significance that comes from it. So, yeah. There are different ways of viewing things in soccer. But as far as what's going on so far, Antonio Conti has generally been very good. A few of the players that had been 
shall I say, mocked, ridiculed, and scorned regularly for the last six to 18 to however long, however many months, all of a sudden people are saying, wait a minute, if he's actually this good, maybe I was overreacting and criticizing him so much. Sometimes a manager makes a difference. And Antonio Conti seems to have them pointed in the right direction. They had a huge draw with Liverpool, which is um, kind of like playing the Dodgers, in case you're not familiar. No, it's not the Dodgers. I, I, I don't. I, it's a simile. Um, it's like playing the Dodgers. And then on Wednesday, much to my surprise, because <laughs> when I looked at the schedule, there was no game listed for Wednesday because it wasn't an, a, a Premier League match. It was a um, side match. It was a, um, a cup match, a tournament match, and... Uh, Tottenham won two to one with some of the players who had been roundly criticized for a while playing important parts in the two to one win. Conti, so far, looking fairly good. And after the COVID shutdown, there the facility was shut down for I think eight days with um partial practices with players and coaches that were healthy working on some things. But uh, Conti does seem to have some of the players doing a lot better. And one of the players who chipped in, I think uh, a goal and an assist was one of the guys who was being roundly criticized. So yeah, it's uh, he you end up with the um, three attacker format that Tottenham's been using. You generally use the three same attackers all the time, and coming off of the COVID spate, uh, they sent in a different attacker as they gave one of the players a day off, and that attacker had a very good game. So, yeah, there is some stuff going on with um, Conti, and it looks like the new manager is healthy, is helping, and no, that is not just a thing. It's not just imaginary. If you have a manager who is able to get the best out of his players, then it is useful for the team. I'm still trying to figure out entirely which goes where as far as a podcast, as far as a written article on Patreon, Bleed Cubby Blue. Some stuff will be in two different ones. Some some stuff will be in all three somehow in one way, shape, or form. But um, hopefully some of my podcasts, articles, etc. are resonating with you. And should that be the case, feel free to look me up. Easiest on Patreon. And 
drop a couple of coins in the can. You know how it works. Look it up and whatever you think applies, go for that. Failing that, if the economy sucks and you're in between gigs or whatever, and you really can I appreciate you listening. However, if you do think that what I'm doing is worth some sort of a financial remuneration, I appreciate you even thinking of it. Okay, one other thing that's going to end up in a Cubs prospect profile at some point. And I'm going to admit the Cubs prospect profile that this ends up in doesn't seem unnatural. It seems uh, size nine shoe on a seven and a half foot or something like that. It, do it doesn't really entirely work, but I wanted to talk about the concept anyway. And as I was working on the article, I put the article on the back burner. Tottenham released an article on something right along the same lines. It's like, okay, I have to incorporate this into my article that I've already largely written and go from there. The concept is player loans. Player loans. Most Major League only baseball fans or Chicago Cubs only baseball fans are rather completely unfamiliar with the concept of player loans in baseball. They do happen. They're relatively rare. And the type of loan that I'm talking about is even more rare in baseball than... It's very rare. I really haven't heard of any cases of it. Full stop. A number of years back, and I'm not going to specify how many. It could have been two. It could have been five. Last two I, 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 years go together. It literally could have been three years. It literally, literally could have been seven years. And there have been a couple examples of it where the Cubs would loan a almost always pitcher to a team in the Mexican League. And almost always, that pitcher had some Mexican heritage. So there have been loans. And then what would end up happening, you, the Cubs would send a pitcher who possibly might have been at the double-A level. Just for argument's sake, it could have been a different level. Let's just say double-A, though. Um, he would have been the sixth or seventh reliever for the Smokies, something like that. Cubs would loan him to a Mexican League team. He would go pitch for the Mexican League team, probably get in more innings than he would have gotten with the Smokies. And since this guy wasn't playing for the Smokies, that would open up a roster spot for someone else to pitch with the Smokies and answer more questions whether a positive result or a negative result for the Smokies. So it was kind of a win-win-win. 
player would get paid, player would get played, player would get to improve more than he possibly might have otherwise, and the Cubs would get to play a different pitcher for those innings and learn more. So it's kind of a win-win-win-win-win-win-win. Kind of a win-win-win-win-win-win. But really, that's the only kind of loans that there are in baseball. You don't have cases where, for instance, the Phillies loan a right-handed relief pitcher to the Twins. Yeah, you just, just borrow this guy. Just borrow this guy. Because those are legal, but they don't happen. They don't happen largely because I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, do a veer here. I've been doing a lot of listening to podcasts and among the podcasts that I often listen to are the drama books drama slash crime slash murder. I don't like listening to murders. I don't like to listen to gore being discussed or any of that. But most of the books that I end up enjoying are the ones where, you know, something's actually happening. You know, at some point, somebody often does get offed in the book. And you have the this person and the that person, and you wonder, okay, now this person is being represented as the good person, but are they really wearing the white hat, or are they really wearing the black hat? And you, you're not sure it until the very end, and sometimes not even at the very end. Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? It's it's the it's the joy of the subgenre of the book, um, and. What will sometimes happen is you get that point where the um, protagonist and the antagonist, or a protagonist and an antagonist, are at each other's face. They're not quite going to draw guns yet, but you know that if something plays out in a certain fashion, one of them might end up getting handled like uh, Big Bad Leroy Brown. Um, and the question comes up, or the comment comes up, I know about the documents. I know about the documents. And the other person, the documents are very important in this instance. What the documents say, what the documents prove, not necessarily important for the podcast, but you get that if you have the documents, you know the other person is full of crap. You know they're full of crap. You have the documents. You can prove everything. Person says, I have the documents. And the other person isn't sure. The other person isn't sure. They're possibly 90% sure that they have the documents. But they're not entirely sure. So how does one, when one person, good person or bad person, is saying, I have the documents. I know I can prove what I'm saying. Good person or bad person. 
it's an interesting interplay because does the other person know that the other person is either telling the truth or lying? Do they know? No. 85% likely. Makes for an interesting interplay between characters. And that's kind of the stuff that I do enjoy. Don't necessarily like hearing the blood and the gore, but as characters develop, as as pieces in the puzzle develop, it's kind of interesting listening to is this person or is that person ahead in the information game? Is this person ahead or behind in the information game? Now we're going to veer back. You get that situation where the giant, no, why I say the, the Phillies are thinking about possibly loaning a player to the Twins. But it doesn't really make any sense because if you end up having, <coughs> having a situation where you have a pitcher who the Phillies kind of value, but they don't value enough to want to have on their own roster, why don't they just trade them for someone else? You know, somebody somebody that's a 17th round draft pick from the last draft or something like that. Why don't they just make a trade? And that's generally what you sell the player, you trade the player, you find a way. But there just aren't loans because it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If the Phillies were to loan a pitcher to the Twins, well, the Phillies, if they're going to actually have um, rights for that player for a couple more years. They want to make sure that they get properly used, uh, proper number of appearances, um, make sure that their uh, post-pitching development is proper. What, what, you know, all the things that go into it. Because if the player is in the organization, then the organization is going to want to maximize their value. That's normally done with them being in their organization. Now, if you have a situation where you have a player who, well, really, he's approaching that point where he's about done. We don't want to release him, release him. We still want to give him that one additional chance. Maybe you send him to the Mexican League or something like that. But there's no point as of right now. It doesn't make any sense to loan a player. If there were to be player loans in the current Major League Baseball scenario would probably be along the lines of an Eric Hosmer. You guys are familiar with the Hosmer situation. He's making a whole bunch of money. He's not doing very well. A team may consider, the Padres would certainly consider, hey, do you want Eric Hosmer? We will let you have Eric Hosmer. We will keep his name, but if you're willing to pay his contract, you can certainly go ahead and do that. Padres would be more than happy to do that. A lot of times in football, in soccer, that is what the loan ends up being. We have a guy who, well, we probably paid a little bit more than we should have to get him, brought him in. We have somebody else other in-house who's a little bit better than him. Maybe we even have a backup who's a little bit better than him. If you would be willing to pay his salary, we would be more than willing to let you do that. Eric Hosmer situation, basically. But in this Hotspur article, they talked about a backup keeper, a backup goalie. By the sounds of it, he was probably entering the season um, 
the third keeper. So he wasn't going to get much time. He wasn't going to get much time. Uh, he was probably too good or too old for the younger league teams because teams have under 18 and under 23 squads. So you have a development level. And I want to learn more about the development level in soccer because why wouldn't I be interested in learning more about the development level of levels of soccer? But uh, for whatever reason, this player was sent on loan to a team in Sweden. The team was near Stockholm, but it wasn't in Stockholm. It was about, oh, I don't know, 45 miles away from Stockholm, something like that. The article says. And, uh, he ended up going to this team in soccer in, in uh, Stockholm. It sounded like he was in... Uh, like a B or a C league. And they, they, not minor leagues, but a B or a C league, you have, it, it was, it's a bit more like the minor leagues were back in the forties where it wasn't uh, directly affiliated with an or a uh, major league team. You had minor leagues where um, the minor league team was self-standing and if it ended up a situation where there was a player on a minor league team that one of the major league teams actually wanted, then they would make a trade. Major league team would make a trade, bring in the other player. So this keeper for the Spurs was sent to this team in Sweden. He had a little bit of um, health concerns and COVID was rampant at the time and he ended up being two or three weeks before he could actually join the team. And uh, it discussed a bit of relegation, which I'm not going to discuss yet, possibly maybe at some point. But uh, the keeper did well enough. Um, and the team in Sweden that he was playing for avoided relegation, which the team was quite happy with because they had just made the um, an upper level and they didn't want to drop back. And uh, it sounds like at the end of the season, he's probably going to come back to Tottenham, but I, I, I not totally for sure on that. But a player was loaned to another organization. Go ahead. You use him. You play him. You develop him. You help him get better. We're not going to pay him for this year. You're going to do that. You're going to get benefit out of him. We're not. And then after a certain period of time, we'll revisit it. In football, totally acceptable. In baseball, I don't trust those guys. The hell with them. I don't want anything to do with them developing our players. I don't want them to learn our secrets. All that kind of stuff. I'm in favor of player loans in baseball. Except for them to make any sense, there would have to be some adjustments to make it make sense. Because again, as of right now, you have 180 players in season that you're allowed to have, have in your organization. You have 180 guys. If you loan one of them away... 
Does that mean you have only 179 guys in your organization? Because if you only have 179 guys in your organization instead of 180, what, how, how is the team possibly benefiting from giving away a player for a portion of a season or the rest of the season? How can there be any benefit for the team that's loaning the player away? So now the other team, the other team that gets the guy. In this instance, the Phillies are trading to the Twins. We've already gone over why it makes no sense for the Phillies to loan someone to the Twins. The Twins bring in a guy, and what happens if he's lousy? Well, it's not helping him any. What happens if he's good? Well, if he's good, then at the end of the season, the Phillies say, Hey, thanks for making him really good. Now we're going to take him back. And thank you so much for making him good, and you get no benefit out of him. See how there it's lose-lose. Nobody wins anything the way it's set up now as far as player loans. Because there's that 180-man limit. And regardless who is getting the player loaned to them, there's no upside. Real easy. If there's no upside in doing something, you're not going to do it. Regardless what it is, if there is no upside in doing whatever it is, hey, you want to go out and see that movie that looks like it really sucks and go to a movie with somebody who you hate that you think might beat the crap out of you and steal your money on your way home? No, of course not, because it's not any good for you. The only way loans would make any sense is if it's a win-win, and teams are so paranoid. Because after all, how many teams, how many teams do you really trust? How many teams do you really trust of the 30 organizations? Good-hearted. Run their, or, or, run their player development properly. All that kind of stuff will treat your pitchers in a fashion so that if there is the slightest bit of a tinge of anything in their arm, their shoulder, their... Uh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't go out. Don't push it. Don't push it. The important thing is for you to stay healthy. The important thing is not for us to win the game today. The important thing is for you to stay healthy. How many teams do you really trust? How many teams do you really trust? Now, in the industry, possibly there is more of a trust. Perhaps, I don't know, if you'd ask Theo Epstein the same darn question. You know, Theo Epstein and uh, Carter Hawkins and all them, maybe they'd say, oh, there's a solid 25, 26 teams that we trust. Perhaps, maybe. Maybe higher, maybe lower. I don't know. But um, as far as us fans, there's probably a whole lot of teams we don't trust. And there is a perfectly logical reason to not trust someone on why, why are we going, you know, why would we even do that? So I like the loan concept. I like the loan concept, but it would take something bizarre for it to work. And you know what's funny right now? There is a collective bargaining agreement being negotiated when better than when there's a CBA being negotiated to 
change some things. This seems the perfect time to adjust, to create a groundswell where loaning players make sense. Even with the current rules kind of in place, it makes sense if one change is made. One change is made. Now, before I get to that one change, I'm going to comment, not all 30 organizations like the 180, 190 player limit. Not all of them do. The Yankees had to give up two minor league affiliates, specific minor league affiliates, two minor league affiliates that were in, one of them was in, what was it? One was in the New York Penn League and one was in the Appalachian League. I think I have that right. They had two franchises that were liquidated, two affiliates that were liquidated, gone. Cubs lost the Eugene Emeralds, gone. Eugene Emeralds still exist, but they're not related to the Cubs. The Cubs went from three short season teams to effectively one. Cubs, to an extent, also lost two affiliates. So there are some teams that would be interested in getting to the point where they could have two or three short season affiliates. Some teams would be very interested in that. Some teams would not be interested in that. Some teams are not interested in that. It was the Houston Astros idea. I'm guessing whether the executives want the extra affiliate. The ownership does not. So when you're dealing with major league organizations, there's ownership, there are executives, then there's coaches and players, etc. How many owners would be interested in their executives being able to have more reasonably a second or third short season affiliate? There's the important question. There's the money question. How many owners would be interested in allowing their organizations and by proxy other organizations be allowed to more easily have a second and or third short season affiliate. You got 30 teams. It's not going to be higher than 30. It's not going to be lower than zero. Is it close to 15? Is it close to 15 owners that would be interested in allowing teams to have a second or third affiliate? Is it close to 15? Is it close to 20? Is it close to 8? Is it close to 25? Now, let's say the number is somewhere in the 21, 22, 23, 24 range. Somewhere in there. That's really close. That's really close. It could possibly happen. Might have to make some um, adjustments here or there. The teams that are... Well, I kind of like to vote for it, maybe, but you got to give me some free shit. Yeah, you know how that works. I, I'd vote for it if you give me some free shit. Yeah. Um, but there are some... The Dodgers 
would love to be able to have two or three affiliates at the short season level. The Cubs would love to have two or three affiliates. Now, would the owners, would the owners, there's the executives and there's the owners. Here's my idea. If there are more than half of the owners are thinking, you know what, that Astros idea that uh, have less teams, have le less baseball going on, uh, kind of sounded good, but really we'd actually kind of like to have more teams out there, more games being played, more players getting better. Players like Juan Mora, who hit the heck out of the ball in the Arizona League, but wasn't good enough to play a full season ball. We like players like that to be able to have a better level to play at. Players like Ezekiel Pagan, who was playing intermittently in the Arizona League, intermittently in low A ball, but if there were an advanced A level, he would have gotten to play full time. How, 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 with the use of of player loans can teams be allowed to have second or third teams with the 180, 190 player limit. It took me about two minutes. It took me about two minutes. But once I came up with an idea that this works, then there was no question anymore. The question is, which team is going to be assessed the player against their 180, 190 player limit if there's a player loan? Again, we're, we're using Phillies Twins, so it's completely not Cubs-centric. But you know the Cubs, if it would benefit the Cubs, would be more than happy to trade uh, to loan a player to another team if it would help them. So how does one get past the 180, 190 player limit in a situation where loans could suddenly become logical, beneficial to both sides. Again, it took me two or three minutes. I came up with, okay, you get the Phillies and you get the Twins. What happens if when the Phillies loan a player to the Twins, the player that's being loaned goes to neither limit. Neither limit. He's not with the Phillies. He's not with the Twins. He's on loan. He's a player that's being loaned. So since he's a player that's being loaned, he doesn't count against the 180 or 190 player limit. Bing! Now, all of a sudden, if the Cubs have a player who, hey, we got this guy. We got this guy. Reasonably decent shortstop. Reasonably decent shortstop. Or third baseman or pitcher or right fielder or whatever the position. The position absolutely now doesn't matter. He's good enough to play. He's good enough to play. He's not good enough to play with us. Now, you, you can send him out there. You can plug him out there in right field. He'd do all right. He'd do fine. But he's not 
going to be our starter for the A squad or the B squad for Mesa. He's not going to be a starter for the A squad or the B squad for Mesa. And I've been long saying having an A squad and a B squad in Mesa is one of the important things about this upcoming season. So the Cubs all of a sudden have this guy. He's good. He's usable. He's not in our top 30 prospects. He's not in our top 50 prospects. Might not be in our top 70 prospects, but he's usable. You can, you can send him out there. You can play him at whatever the position is. We want to loan him to somebody. Tigers. Toronto. Seattle. We don't really care. We want him to get some looks. We want him to get some swings. We want him to pitch some innings. We want him to get some action. Some action that he probably won't get with our teams. We'll loan him out. When the season's over, he'll come back to us. And then we'll deal with the 190-player limit when we have to. So now, so now, instead of having a pure and hard and solid 180-player limit in the season, you have that guy. Well, we were going to cut this guy because he's really not... He's not going to be on our Mesa team, Mesa A or Mesa B. He's not going to be on that either of those teams getting loads and loads of minutes. But if you have a team that they're a little bit short, they're a little bit short, whatever the position that he plays, again, it completely doesn't matter. We will loan him to the other team. He's not going to count against our 180-player limit. He's not going to count against against their 180-player limit. And if he plays, he plays. And since he is on the squad, he is eligible, he can go on the roster, he can get used in games, he makes it easier for their team to also have two or three short-season affiliates. See how I just turned this from... um, I don't trust you at all. You're intentionally going to try to sabotage everything we're doing to, hey, this helps both of us. So now, when teams are putting together their 180, 190 player limit, their 180, 190 player limit as the draft starts to roll around, whenever the draft is, whenever the draft is, again, it doesn't matter if the Um, Major League Lockout has ended or not. Okay, we have our 180 guys. We have our 180 guys. And as soon as the draft happens, we're going to have to let some of these guys go because when the guys who are drafted come in, they're going to get signed. They're going to get assigned to a team. And these guys that we have, they're going to have to get released because we only have 180, 190 spots. 180 during the season, 190 after the season. But we have these guys. They're perfectly usable. They're perfectly fine. In fact, this guy over here, he's two weeks away from actually being a completely legitimate player. He just hasn't gotten there yet. Player loans could 
make sense in baseball. It would have to involve putting an asterisk in the stupid 180-190 man limits. Do that if the owners are more interested in player development than strip mining the um, the zinc out of every nickel that they have for every last dollar that can possibly be made, it really makes sense. Loaning players in baseball could make sense just like loaning players in football makes sense. Hey, we got a spare keeper. He's not going to play much for us. He's not going to play much for us. We got two keepers. They're going to play most of the time. And if we absolutely, absolutely, absolutely need somebody, we can call somebody up from the U23 team. Plug him in. We'll probably lose the game. But if we absolutely, absolutely, absolutely need somebody, then you do what you do. But if baseball teams get to a situation where the goal is to maximize player development, loaning players makes a whole lot of sense. If the goal for owners is we want to have everything monetized, everything about making money, well, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, so yeah, having a person in charge that is capable of doing his job well is useful. Having the option of loaning players to other organizations could also be useful. If this and that are adjusted a little tiny bit. I think it's important for teams to have a second and or third short season team if they are interested in doing that. If over half of the teams in, if over half of the organizations in baseball agree, loaning players should happen. It should happen because there's going to be that position. That position where, you know, we'd like to have that second or third team, but we're just down a third baseman or a right fielder or a catcher or two pitchers. or And it doesn't even have to necessarily be elite players. Heck, you get a starting pitcher at a short season level squad who you know, as things go along, he can go out and give you four innings and probably not give up much more than three runs. Four innings, three runs. But that's a horrible earned run. The goal in the minor leagues is not winning every single game. The goal at the minor league level is to develop players so they get better. Like players with the Spurs have been getting better because they had a better manager than they had had before. If the mindset is, how can players get better developed? How can players get 
better developed? That's the important question. Then get up, getting about answering that question should be kind of important. And some of that would be solved to an extent through players getting loaned to other organizations instead of, hey, guess what? It's the 17th of June and you just got released because we signed our first round draft pick. Which seems better? Which seems better? We're going to release this guy because we just signed someone. And even though maybe he's two or three weeks away from completely having the light bulb go on. Like some of those players have just done with Tottenham. Because the manager has finally gotten through to them. Or whatever it is. Wouldn't it be better? Instead of, hey, you are out of here because we have to fire somebody. You are gone because we're only allowed to have 180 players. Wouldn't it be better to, instead of you're fired, you're going to go play in another organization. They're going to play you as they see fit. And because you're on their team, they are now able to have a second or third short season affiliated squad. And guess what? Not only are you not going to be sitting the bench on our team, not only are you not getting released, because they now have a third team or a second team, you're actually going to get three or four starts a week. You're going to start three or four times a week because we're loaning you to them. Doesn't that sound better for affiliated baseball than we're going to release you, hopefully, one of the um, indie league teams will pick you up mid-season and plug you in, and hopefully it all works. Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better? To, we're going to loan you the team that's going to give you time to play. The end of the season, if you've improved a lot, if they really did get well, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. I'm not even worried about that. Maybe you end up having a situation where you give away, if the team ends up keeping the player, they end up giving away a 14th to a 17th round draft pick or something. I don't know what. That's just me. Again, took me two minutes to think of that. If player development is the important thing, I think player loans could make sense. If the important thing is the owners keeping all their blasted money, they're not going to happen. You can have one side, or you can have the other, whichever. It's all yours. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I will have another podcast up actually very soon. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Probably be a little bit shorter than this one. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people. <laughs>